0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Adelamarcy Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, Adelamarcy. Marcy. We're sponsored by, uh, on the show, purelyhosting.com forward slash Addle. Go there, get your hosting. It's business shared hosting, so it's pretty good. Plus, they build your website for you, so you, know, you get a nice little win win. We're also sponsored today by Brian So that's K U R T Z.me. Uh, Brian is, for those that don't know, the uninitiated. Brian um you used to work at Boardroom. Uh you basically end up running Boardroom at uh, near the end, didn't you?
1: Oh, yeah, you no. Know, for most of like my second half of my career, I I was a partner in the business, yeah. But I, I never I never looked at it as me running it. I, I look at it as always a team, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. But you started out, if I remember correctly, um, from what you just told me. Uh, you basically just started out from within the organization and worked your way up building your stock and getting to know people and then eventually kind of owning the, like, you know, running the thing. And Yeah, yeah, it. and
1: I became, I became an owner. Um, and, you know, Marty Edelston was the guy who started the company from scratch so I think I want to make sure that your listeners know be- that I'm not a bootstrap entrepreneur from day one and I know that you told me about the people who are on your you know who are your who are your regular listeners and you know I'm not gonna I don't want to spend the next you know whatever time we have together teaching people how to be a bootstrap entrepreneur that's not my skill set yeah. however um, you know I took a company from three million dollars to somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 million, not by myself, but, you know, with my partner, Marty Edelston, who was the founder of the company, who was my mentor, like a second father, uh, with great people and great consultants like Gene Schwartz and Dick Benson and Gordon Grossman, who we can talk about if you want. But the point I guess I want to make is that I didn't start it, but I was so entrepreneurial, uh, as entrepreneurial as anybody I knew in my world. And then as I got older and, you know, became almost a grown-up, I started hanging out with people who were all bootstrap entrepreneurs, and I realized how much in common I had with them and how much I admired them from doing nothing, you know, getting something from nothing, which is what Marty did. Um, So I kind of knew what that was about, believe me, but I didn't have to do it. Although I had situations early in my career where you know, we didn't have the cash flow to pay for postage for a direct mail campaign. And we, we took office space and couldn't build out half the office space until we had more cash. So I understood all of that. But it was different when you don't start it from scratch. So then after 34 years of doing, you know, building boardroom, I decided to go out on my own. And then, you know, the rubber hit the road in terms of the last year and a half. I've had to build it from scratch. And I'm not saying it was easy. But it's sort of like you know, sort of like I went to boarding school and then I went away to college, and going away to college wasn't like you know the shocker of being away from home for the first time. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, so maybe there's some things I can share with your listeners about this entrepreneur to entrepreneurial journey that I've had uh, that could be helpful to them as they begin their journey or they're trying to build their existing business or whatever. I want to be helpful. But I don't also want to misrepresent myself as something that I'm not.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely. And that's um, that's one of the reasons why um, I actually wanted you on the show more than anything is because there's such a vast level of experience that you have from working with, like, really great uh, copywriters, someone as great as Mar- uh, Marty and that was just amazing. Um, his iPower book, by the way, sits on my shelf and I read it nice. quite often. I-, I love that book. Um and just for the people that actually don't know the story behind this, Marty actually—if I correct me if I'm wrong—you'd know better than I would. Marty started that company by going to Gene, and I think it was something in the region around—was it nine thousand dollars Gene charged him at the time?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the dollar figure was because it, now it's a little bit of urban legend, right? You yeah. know what the number was, but basically they were friends. Marty had worked. Um, you know, as a salesman for different uh, magazines in direct response space, so he he learned direct response by selling to agencies. I mean, this is you know, Marty's a guy that you know grew up in the world of David Ogilvy and 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 Victor Schwab and and um, uh, Max Sackheim and all these guys who were the classic direct response guys back in the '60s and even the '50s, and when. He, Marty decided to go out on his own in 1972. He had this idea for a newsletter called Boardroom Reports, which was a, a business newsletter, because Marty was a voracious reader of business publications and business books, and he just wanted to help people run their business better. And so he just didn't feel like Businessweek, Forbes, Fortune, and the Wall Street Journal, even back then, told people how to run their business. So he went to Gene Schwartz, who was a friend of his who he admired, Um, You know, Gene had already established himself as one of the top copywriters of the day, Um, but they were friends. Um, They had met through various people. I don't remember all the situations and whatever he paid him was, you know, a pittance compared to what Gene was able to bring to the party. But the story goes that this and this is actually a very interesting piece of the story, which I'm telling in my new book, um, that Gene tells the story, told the story that he interviewed Marty. About what his mission was, what his vision was for this boardroom reports thing, and after hours and hours of interviewing that Gene did um, and and recorded, Gene wrote the copy for the initial direct mail package for boardroom reports, which launched the company and launched you know a legendary company, and and Marty Edelston became a legend. That's the beginning of his legend. Um, based on that interview. So, so in a way, Gene tells the story as if I didn't write the copy, Marty wrote the, co- wrote the copy, but Marty wasn't the copywriter, I was. So the interview, and this is just a great lesson for any entrepreneur who wants to hire a copywriter to help them, you know, kind of um, uh, express their mission or vision with the world, whether it's in direct mail, whether it's in email, whether it's in Facebook advertising, I don't care. It doesn't matter what the medium is. But the interview process and, and the information that got shared was what launched the product. So, in that interview, Marty said something like, you know, I want to do this newsletter that would enable a business person to read 300 business magazines and books in like 30 minutes and get the guts of each. And there, Gene had his headline. Yeah. That was the headline that launched Borden Reports. And it came out of the interview he did with Marty. So, you know, I tell this story in the new book I'm writing with Craig Simpson on, on legends of, of marketing and Gene Schwartz being one of them. And uh, it's it's just a great lesson. It sounds so simple, but, you know, the best copywriters of all time will tell you the same thing. You know, my, my copywriters that I work with uh, in my day, you know, the... A lot. Most of them are still alive, but some are gone. You know, a guy like Jim Rutz, who's gone. But yeah. Gary ben and and Paris Propolis and David Deutsch, who are more current, and Clayton Makepeace and and uh, Jim Punkry and, you know, the greats, Richard Armstrong, just great copywriters. Every one of them spent so much time with the client before any copy got written that they really uh, – I call it the deep dive. And I talk about this a lot. And I'm talking about it even more now as I see the future of copywriting becoming more about deep dive with one or two companies rather than being a hired gun for, for dozens of companies. And I think that's the way it's going. And guys like Gene Schwartz and Marty Edelston kind of set the stage for that, you know, 40 years ago, which oh. was, you know, the best copy is probably sitting in the head of the entrepreneur. And if the entrepreneur isn't a copywriter – it can still get out to the world with, you know, brilliant prose and and poetry. And so, you know, I'll give you another quick example. When I launched my event, Titans of Direct Response, in September of 2014, um, when I was writing the copy for that event, I said to myself, oh, yeah, Brian, you, you should be able to write this copy. This is like a lifelong dream to do this event with all the greats of direct response marketing of the last 50 years. You know, I don't know if people know about the event, but the event, the speakers were Dan Kennedy and Gary Bensavenga and Greg Ranker and Joe Sugarman and Jay Abraham and, you know, uh, Ken McCarthy, uh, uh, Perry Marshall, um, Fred Katona. It was just an amazing array of speakers. So um, basically, when I started writing the letter for that, I'm like, oh, man, I should be able to write the best letter for this piece. It's my event. This is like my lifelong dream, right? This is the dream, just like Marty's product was his dream product. This is my dream event. And so I write the copy. I spend, you know, hours and hours. I must have spent, you know, 10, 12 hours. And I end up with about six pages of copy. And I'm sitting there, you know, patting myself on the back. This is great. You know, look at me. I'm a copywriter, blah, 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 blah. And then I send it to my buddy David Deutsch who's a world-class copywriter, probably one of the five best copywriters in the world right now. Had, I made millions with him at Boardroom, one of the great copywriters. And mm-hmm. he, he he looked at my copy and he said, this was a Sunday afternoon, he goes, I remember the quote, he goes, Brian, it's Sunday afternoon. Um, maybe you, might, it's a really nice day out. Maybe you want to go out for a walk. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And then he goes, well, you know, Brian, if you're an expert in lists and database and you know all sorts of direct marketing stuff and if I was recommending somebody to go find a great direct marketing consultant Brian you'd be the first guy on my list and basically you know all of that said David was saying your copy sucks yep in Uh, the nicest way possible in the nicest way possible but I know David and I said David what are you really trying to say he goes he goes get yourself a copywriter and so it wasn't like my copy sucked. It was like I knew what I wanted to say, but now that those eight or ten pages that I wrote was the interview that Gene Schwartz did with Marty Edelston. And so then I gave it to a copywriter, my buddy Roy Furr, Amazing wonderful guy. young up-and-coming copywriter. We've had a, him. I mean,
0: he's pretty established. We've had him on the show as well, and he's a really good friend of mine. Just really a, good like, guy. A In fact,
1: really a close open, friend to get him into my my current mastermind group, because I think he's just an amazing dude, and we're, we've become really close friends. And he took that copy that I wrote, those 10 pages, turned it into 76 pages that just sung. It was like a... I don't know if anybody who's listening to this had seen the promotion for the original Titans of Direct Response, but I thought it was kick-ass copy. Uh-huh. And, and I didn't write most of it, obviously. So... But, but Roy had what he needed. He had my... in, And then he, we spent time on the phone, of course, after that. And um, So I don't know. I don't know if we went off on a big tangent there all about how you develop copy. But for your audience, I think the big lesson is if you're an entrepreneur and you've got a mission or vision that you want to get out to the world, you need to get it out there in the most powerful way. And just because you're not a copywriter doesn't mean you shouldn't hire somebody who's kick-ass in copywriting... And that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't be part of the process in a very deep and meaningful way. So I think that's the lesson of this long tirade on on this. But you asked the question about Marty and Gene, and you can see, I brought it right into the present, that this is still what's happening. And go to any great copywriter right now, when they take on an assignment, if they don't sit down for hours and hours with the client or the entrepreneur to find out what's really inside of them that needs to get out, They're not a good copywriter.
0: See, I would add one caveat to that. It's not that hours and hours because the way that I do my process is that in in particular. It's the exact thing. I interview my clients for about a half hour to an hour. Okay. The only difference is, um, and again, I only use this for myself because there is, uh, there's very few people that have the same uh, talent set that I do, but because I come from the world of voice coaching and voice acting. Right. Um, I mean, I've been writing copy since I was twelve years old, and I've studied psychology Sweet. and all the other fun stuff. Right now, um, Sweet. the big thing that really changed for me because I did used to spend hours and hours, and now I've just like toned it down to an hour. Is I look at the person of who they are, and I become them. So I, wow. um, I almost imitate the person I'm writing for. Um, a really good friend of, uh, I think he's a good friend of both of us, actually, Alex Sharfen.
1: Yeah, I know Alex very well. I just, yeah. I just finally sent off my. Uh entrepreneurial personality type book, one of the 500 books to somebody. I waited too long, but I just sent it off. I've
0: actually got to do mine as well. Don't tell them that. Yeah, because... read it
1: and send it. I, I read it immediately and then didn't send it
0: for six months. Yeah, I know how you feel on that one. But Alex's stuff is um, absolutely brilliant. He's been on the show a couple of times. And, um, yeah, so Alex is, is fantastic. So has uh, his wife. But something that yeah, Katie, and, fantastic. Katie and I got into this debate where um, – not a debate so much. She found out that I could actually imitate Alex's voice slightly. I've, I'm still working on like getting the imitation perfect. She goes, "How do you nice. do that?" I was like, "I can do that with practically anyone if I spend enough time searching and researching them. Like uh, it just gets into my mind. I get obsessed with it. Well, them. you know,
1: that's a superpower though. So you said you said my, and you may you may call it a caveat, but I call it more of you know you got to do what your superpower is and bring it to the party. I think you're bringing the same philosophy to the party. But then you're putting your superpower on top of it, which is killer. And I think this idea of uh, you just hit on something that is so critical, which is, and Dean Graciosi told me this, and Dean is one of the best marketers I've ever met in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Dean said one of the biggest things, he's, he's a TV guy, infomercial, real estate millionaire, that whole thing. But his he said the biggest breakthrough, one of the biggest breakthroughs in his business was when he found a copywriter who could write in his voice.
0: Yeah. And...
1: That you could get into someone's voice that quickly,
0: that is a killer. killer, superpower. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the big reasons why I've never really had to advertise for my uh, for my copy. Like I've just all my work comes from referrals
1: sweet uh, which that's is, fantastic that's which, fantastic
0: which is nice but now i'm starting to move towards that i've got to start advertising myself out there because i've now built a team and i now need to get work in for them as well as myself so like come on guys let's just keep going but nice. um, something that you really touched upon that i really wanted to um expand you've worked with like a the litany of who's who in my in my book of some of the best writers have ever lived um and that's saying something and the question I really want to ask you next, again, more about Marty and the iPower book, which we mentioned, what were some of the biggest takeaways that you personally got from that? And I, the, the reason I'm asking for this is because the next question I actually have for you is how did you go from uh, his influence to basically doing what you're doing now, which is you went from an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. and like.
1: Right, so I'll talk about iPower first, then I can talk about the copywriters. So on the, on the, on the iPower book, um, basically, the idea of I Power, um, and it's funny because it's it's an ironic name because the I is not about the individual; it's really about the team. Because all but all the things that Marty wanted to do with the team began with A, like ideas, ingenuity, incentive, all of those things. So that that's how the I Power became. But the idea for iPower came from a meeting that Marty had with the great Peter Drucker, the management consultant. And Marty went out to California, he was meeting with Peter Drucker, who's, if people who don't know, is probably, if you look him up, go Google him. He's probably one of the top business management consultants who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And Marty's interviewing Peter Drucker for an article for Boardroom Reports, and they're talking, and, and Peter said, so, Marty, how's your business? And Marty said, you know, I like my business, but our meetings suck. Um, I don't know if you use the word suck, but our meetings just aren't very good. Um mm-hmm. I always use the um, the uh, um, the despair.com uh, uh, goof on meetings. The, the Despair.com does goofs on motivational posters. Mm-hmm. And the one for meetings is great. It says meetings. None of us is as dumb as all of us. Um, so um, he says our meetings are terrible. And, and Drucker just looked at him and said, Marty, have everybody come to every meeting in your company, no matter what the meeting. I don't care if it's, a Meeting about marketing, it's a meeting about accounting, it's a meeting about you know um, uh, back end fulfillment. I don't care what the meeting is, but everybody comes to every meeting with two ideas, two ideas for continuous improvement, and it's all based on the Japanese you know concept of Kaizen. Mm-hmm. So, um, Marty comes back with this religion and he says, Every meeting we're bringing two ideas to the meeting, and that was the beginning of iPower, and then. What happened was he started like walking around the company every month giving away like he had to put the ideas it's basically a glorified suggestion hat system. And so everybody would put in the two ideas, they put them in a box every month. There'd be hundreds of ideas from the company. We even started having a quota. You had to put two ideas in a week. So everybody was sort of responsible for about eight ideas a month. So, you know, with eight with a hundred people, we had eight hundred ideas every month. Someone would go through them. Who uh, worked for Marty, and we would rate them, you know A's and B's, A's would get uh, I think ten dollars and B's would get five. Marty then would walk around once a month in the company and actually hand out these envelopes with cash in them uh, for the ideas. So there's the incentive piece. But you know you're not walking around getting you know for fifty bucks, you're not gonna put ideas in. but what happened was everybody really felt they had a say in what was going on in the company and then take it a step further it didn't have to be big ideas you know it got crazy after a while you know people said let's put the toilet paper with it with the with the paper on the with the paper coming from the top as opposed to the bottom because it gets tangled less and yeah they got five bucks for that um so you know some of them were kind of silly on the one hand but then again it makes everybody's life better i mean it's the old story that you know, if you're healthy and you're taking care of yourself and exercising, you're going to be a better marketer because you're doing the stuff around you that you don't have to worry about that makes your environment fantastic and therefore you become better at what you do. So iPower just became this phenom in the com- phenomenon in the company. And then in the book, there's one story about the woman who worked at the lowest level in the fulfillment side of the business. She was in our, like our book fulfillment and we were shipping, you know, in our height, we probably shipped three million books in one year. Um, but we, you know, we sh- we we sold tens of million, well, ten over ten million books in the time I was at Boardroom, all shipped through direct mail. And so this woman is sitting there, like you know, packing up books, you know, putting postage on them, and she realizes she goes, "Well, wait a minute, you know, we're right over like some some weight where the cost per book to ship it was at the next, you know." the next level. So whatever it was, it was an extra, you know, 50 or 60 cents per book to ship. So she basically says, you know, she puts this idea in iPower, you know, if the books were a little bit lighter, we would actually qualify for a lower postage rate. And therefore, and, and therefore, um, you know, save a lot of money. She didn't know how much she's at the lowest rung of the company. So the CFO gets that idea, does some analysis, one thing leads to another. And I think the way the story goes, I don't want to embellish it so i but i will say basically what it was is that we changed the trim size on the book by a half an inch or an inch or whatever therefore the, you know if you take a 200 or 300 page book knock off an inch around the corners the book's going to be lighter and therefore the book was cheaper to ship plus the printing got cheaper and for whatever it's worth i believe that one i power idea from the lowest person in the company in fulfillment Saved us something to the to the tune of like three hundred thousand or three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, in wow. postage and printing. It's something like that. And again, if I'm embellishing, I'm not embellishing by a lot. I bet by now, you know, I could have said it's a million dollars, and uh, you know, the person was, you know, the stupidest person in the company, which she wasn't. But I'm not going to embellish any more than I did. Yeah. Um, so that's what I power. So what I power, you know, taught me is. If everybody's invested in the company, and and you know she got like the idea of the month, and I believe she got dinner for two at the fanciest restaurant in New York, and I don't know if Marty gave her a hundred bucks, which he probably did. So whatever it was, um, um, you know people are still rewarded for it based on the on where they are in the company. But everybody feels like they're a part of things. So that's the eye power piece, and I think that's a pretty good overview of how we got there. And the thing is, you know, most suggestion systems in most companies. They last for about 15 minutes. You know, people get religion. They start putting ideas in, and nobody stays with it. iPower is easy to stay with because you're just putting two ideas in at every meeting. You're putting them in a box. Someone has to be responsible for keeping it going, but then you keep rewarding people. You keep talking about the best ideas. You actually send out a newsletter once a month to the company saying here are the top 10 ideas that we got and these people got $100 bonuses, whatever. So it's self-perpetuating and it's a continuous improvement system slash suggestion hat system that you can keep going. So again, for anybody who's listening who has a small company or even a big company, um, it's a continuous improvement slash suggestion hat system that you actually can keep going for a long period of time. So that's iPower. As far as working with the copywriters and what I learned... Uh, I just learned so much, similar to what you learned by working with your clients and having that interaction. I mean, the stuff that I learned, you know, from a guy like Gene Schwartz about, I always thought you should not, that that reading fiction was a a waste of time. And when you go with, you hang out with a guy like Gene Schwartz, who makes you realize that, you know, reading everything is so critical to everything you do, because if you're not well-read and you're not... You don't know what's happening in the world, in the economy, in what's happening in people's minds, their heads. You know, anybody who hasn't read Breakthrough Advertising, you know, it's a crime if you haven't read it. It's probably the most important book ever written on copy and creative and human behavior, for that matter. And that's Gene's masterpiece, and I own the rights to it, which is a a privilege.
0: Yeah. And um,
1: so, you know, the fact that... um, understanding human behavior is really copywriting is something that I learned. Now, I was—I don't see myself as a copywriter, although, you know, I'm not terrible. I mean, I can write my blog and I can do, you know, I wrote a book with a with a co-author and I think I'm decent, but I think having somebody at my side to express what I want to express, to teach me how to write subject lines now, to teach me how to grab people's attention, to teach me how to, as you said, in your superpower, you know, how you get in the, in the mind and head of the, you know, of the person who is the entrepreneur. I learned all of that from my world-class copywriters. Um, you know, and what a privilege, you know, to be not just having, learning all that from them, but then being really good friends with them. I mean, you know, going to Gene Schwartz's house for lunch, and just being his friend and then helping him you know with his list the list side of his business which i was an expert in and you know spending time with gary Bensavanga one-on-one you know just you know learning about how he views the world um you know great copywriters just have a different view of the world they just they just uh they just do um jim rutz you know one of the most fascinating human beings i've ever met in my life you know, and then my buddies today, you know, Paris Limpropolis and 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 David Deutsch and Eric Bethwell and, and Arthur Johnson and Clayton Makepeace and you know, becoming like great friends with these people, John Carlton, um, and then the up and comers. Like so that's, that's why I'm so committed to this next generation of copywriters. In fact, I just started a new small mastermind group called Titans Masterclass and it you know a third of the room is going to be copywriters, yeah. Because I think if I can get in a room, all the up and coming copywriters I can find, and then some seasoned people like you know Kim Krause Schwamm, who's a great copywriter, and she's in the group, and Paul Martinez, who's a great up and coming copywriter, he's in the group. Paris Propolis came as like faculty to be in the group. Um, uh, Kevin Rogers, who has a a a, a membership program called copy chief and he's teaching all the next generation copywriters you know how to be the next david Deutsch and paris lampropolis and and i've got like a half a dozen of then his kevin rogers students who are going to be in my mastermind group because having those people in the group interacting with the best marketers i can find who are up and coming and i've got some great young entrepreneurs in this group with the copywriters I think that's my mission going forward. So now, to go to your other question about what has entrepreneurialism taught me about entrepreneurialism—if I made up two words there—is um, <laughs> that you know I know how to put the two things together. You know, I know that it's still of any of every any direct marketing campaign, the most important thing is probably the list, or at least it's forty percent, and then forty percent's the offer, and twenty percent's the creative. But if the forty forty twenty rule still applies, which I think it does, I still want world class creative against the best list to get the most powerful thing going. Now, I think a lot of online marketers have figured out that they could put mediocre copy against the perfect list, and they're going to do they're going to do some damage in a good way. They're going to they're going to make sales. They're gonna they're going to make money. They're going to do a lot of great stuff. But Imagine putting world-class creative against the list and the offer that are world-class. Now you've got it all working on, and, and I think that's how you 10X your business. Um, and I think that, you know, and I've said this in many interviews and I say it in my writing all the time that I think creative takes a back seat a lot of times because you can be successful online with, you know, excuse my language, you know, shitty creative because The lists are so powerful. The affiliates are are endorsing. The offer is powerful. Everybody knows how to, you know, structure the offer in the funnel and all of that. But imagine, you know, and the barrier to entry is so low. Email is cheap. Facebook advertising is cheap. Search is cheap. All of that's cheap compared to direct mail. You know, you know that I always say that, you know, paying postage made me a great marketer. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know the care and concern that you have to take with your creative before you send out a million pieces of direct mail is a lot different before you send out a million emails. But imagine if you take the same care and concern before you send the million emails, I think you're up in the bar. You know, you're raising the bar. You're upping the game. And so that's what I learned the most from world-class copywriters, that, you know, you can really change the game. And, And I saw it time and again that... You know, changing a cover, changing a headline, you know, changing an envelope, whatever, um, changing a subject line. You can get 10, 15 percent lifts in response rates. But go to a new writer, have them write something from scratch that's just totally different with a totally different unique selling proposition, totally different approach. That's where I got my 30 to 100 percent lifts in response rates. And you apply that to online. It's the same thing. This has nothing to do with medium, by the way. Yeah, you know yeah. this is like universal. And that's why I wrote the book that I'm writing with with Craig Simpson, and it's basically taking six legends of advertising: uh, David Ogilvy, John Capels, Claude Hopkins, Robert Collier, Gary Halbert, and Gene Schwartz. Those six guys, and what they were, you know, what 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 Claude Hopkins was writing about in scientific advertising, which is the second book I recommend after Breakthrough Advertising. Um, you know, he was—he wrote that book in 1923. There was no direct marketing science, and but the guy understood ROI in 1923. The guy understood that, wait a minute, if you do advertising that actually gets a return and it's measurable, yay us. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if anybody who's listening to this was a fan of Mad Men, which I was. Yep. I love the show. But... You know, the mad, these were the madmen of advertising who were disguised. You know, they were disguised as as direct marketers. I say David Ogilvy was, you know, the, the direct marketer trapped in a general advertiser's body. And, you know, we started, before we got on the phone, I talked about the, the mug that someone just bought me from Cafe Press, which on one side of the mug it says, it has a picture of Gene Schwartz. It says, Gene Schwartz is my homeboy. And the other side of the mug was David Ogilvy has my back. And I'm going to write a blog post this week about that mug and about Gene Schwartz because, you know, this shit is universal. I mean, this shit is, you know, that's why I wrote the book. You know, this is not, and this is not also, I'm not being grandpa in the, you know, or the wise, the wise chief in the back of the teepee, you know, telling everybody, oh, you better pay attention to the old-timers because, you know, it's all really great stuff. No, it's, it's bigger true. than
0: that. <laughs> no, it is it is true. It is some of the greatest ads I've ever said to people. It's um, This is going to sound really weird because uh, I, I, I do have a life outside of direct response for everyone that's listening. There is an adult that exists outside of that. But the um, genuinely, some of the stuff, whenever I'm feeling stuck, whenever I'm feeling down, whenever I'm feeling... Whatever it is, I get those. I go through like a weird wave of like happy and sad emotions yeah. at times. But whenever I'm down, what I do is I pull out my swipe file and uh, I read through old ads. Really old him. ads. Like um, I've got stuff that like Tom – I got my hands on some Tom Collier. Uh, what was it? Is it Tom Collier? Yeah. Robert Robert, oh, Robert, Collier. Robert Collier. Robert Collier's book. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The okay. book
1: is impossible to read. That's why we, we summarized it in our book. Yeah. But Ro- Robert Collier's letter book is awesome. Oh, massively. That's one of them. Um. Then you got Tested Advertising Methods by John Capels. And that one, don't get the fifth edition. Get the fourth edition, which is really hard to find. Yeah, but, I actually
0: have that edition. I managed to pick it up on um, Amazon a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, you got to get the fourth edition. The fifth edition, they mangled the thing. Um, then you've got How to Write a Good Advertisement by Victor Schwab. You've Another got Ogilvy on Advertising. You've um, got... Gene Schwartz, Breakthrough Advertising, of course. You've got Claude Hopkins, Scientific Advertising. But then there are swipe files everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, at my event, you know, I gave away the 30 best boardroom packages of all time um, as one of the premiums. And Dan Kennedy did a swipe file. And every great copywriter I know has a swipe file, drawers and drawers and drawers. And I talk about this in the book. And God bless you for being a student of Swipe. Let me tell you a quick little story. There's a guy who's one of the best online marketers in the world. He, he's from Brazil, good friend of mine. And he said he did a subject line not that long ago, maybe a year ago. And the subject line was, do you make these mistakes in Internet marketing? There was an ad, I think, by Max Sackheim in the 1920s for a language program, I think, that said, do you make these mistakes in English? And he basically just changed the, do you make these mistakes in internet marketing? That was his subject line. Did his thing with his copy. He's brilliant in Portuguese and basically just had his one of his best email responses ever to his blog. Yeah.
0: So yeah, you can steal smart too. Oh, definitely. There is so many different ways of doing it. And um, one of the things that I always recommend people do is actually have a swipe file of great ads. Um, not just that. I actually have a swipe file of really bad ads, like horrible ads that have been That's mailed to me. And the reason I actually do this is you get confidence crises. And something I found out very recently, and this is... Um, I'm getting the guy that told me this Drayton Bird, who was the right hand man of David, Ol- uh, David yeah Drayton Ol-
1: great was amazing
0: oh man Drayton I I met with him uh, a week ago and you know how they say never, never meet your heroes I'm glad I met mine yeah because I got I got two of his books which I'm going to add to the litany of the list that you've actually given us um, how to yeah, write? Great. I, I, I love Drayton's stuff. He's fantastic. Common Sense Direct at uh, Direct Marketing is one of them. The other one is How to Write. Uh, what was it? How to create copy that sells, or something? How to write create copy that sells is the, is the title, I think. Um, but these two books influenced me massively when I was younger. And uh, something that's really interesting is that he said to me was that David Ogilvy himself, the legend, would go through insecurities and crises where he would think he was not good enough um, and that blew my mind so when he told me this it really confirmed everything I was doing which was having this bad ad swipe file it's just titled shit ads on the front um, and I read it whenever I feel I feel like I'm down and I feel like I can't do really well I read the bad ads and go hey what would you have changed about these ads? And I start like scribbling down on a piece of paper how I'd have wrote the ad differently. At the end of it, I reread the thing I've wrote. I've wrote and look at it and go, you're not that bad of a writer, Adel. Now let's go on. Stop being stop being a pansy. Go ahead and just get your work done. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. I know that can be taken wrong, but I mean as in stop screwing around. Just go ahead yeah. and write the damn thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, we um in in the book that I'm writing, um. We profiled the the technique that Gene Schwartz used to write copy. You know, he has the thing where he has the egg timer, gets up every 33 minutes. But there's a bunch of other things in there, you know, how you don't get stuck writing. Uh, And there's some stuff in there also about Gary Halbert and what he did. There are some great techniques out there that people can follow.
0: Oh, hell yeah, there is some amazing stuff. Now, something you did mention that I do want to, um, like, ask you about because... Anyone that goes on Amazon right now and tries to actually buy a copy of this book expect to pay anywhere between $300 to, uh, three hundred to three thousand dollars. You might break through advertising. Right? Exactly. You yeah. got the rights to that, and I've, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think you told me this as well as a little buddy told me this. You can uh, you reprint them, don't you? Like on whenever they're asked for, ordered, they you just reprint them and send them out.
1: Correct. What I did was I have some inventory now. Um, I took those assets with me when I left Boardroom. Uh, I own it um, and I'm working with Barbara Schwartz, Jean's wife, to do a, a breakthrough advertising course and to do some more with the copyright. So right now though, I have copies in inventory I am gonna reprint. In fact, i have a couple of guys who um, uh, want to like send them out to their entire list, you know, like 250 copies at a time. So I am, I am gonna go back to print soon, but I do have copies for your listeners if they're interested. I sell them at $95 per, um, I usually charge $20 for foreign shipping and 10 for domestic US shipping um, and if they send me an email at uh, Brian at BrianKurtz.me, um, I can arrange for them to get a copy, they can pay me through PayPal and all that. So. Um yes, I can sell it to people. I'm not, that was not my purpose of coming on this oh, podcast. Oh, of
0: course not. No. Like, this this is just like, you know, dude, it's a piece Almost of-
1: like a public service because 95 <laughs> is a steal because as you say, if you if you go online, m- there might be some pirated copies and I actually pay a service every month to take down pirates who are pirating the book. It's But never as good you'll as the find thing. yeah, my 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 version of the book exactly if you find it online hardcover in good shape minor brand new yeah you're gonna pay two to five hundred
0: dollars probably oh if not well I've seen one go for three grand uh, yeah I
1: well we, we Marty and I found it online uh, after it was out of print um, we saw a live bid on eBay for nine fifty dollars so when I saw
0: that that's what made Marty and I decide to uh, reprint it yeah I don't blame you it's absolutely amazing. Um, and by the way, for everyone that's listening to me, I, it, I didn't ask Brian to actually say that. The reason simply is because um, when you did Titans of Direct Response, that was the one event I couldn't fly to because uh, I was going through some passport stuff, which is still ongoing uh, at the time of this recording. So I couldn't fly to come to the Titans of Direct Response, but a friend of mine, I actually funded half his ticket so he could go out and see you guys. Because he was starting his own business, like go do that. Uh, It was uh, VJ. I don't know if you remember VJ at all. I I do, I do, I do vaguely. Yes. Yeah, great. I mean, there were there were three hundred and fifty people there. I remember. Um, Yeah. So he basically went ahead and uh, went went there, and he knew how much I wanted to read breakthrough advertising physically. Because years ago, I actually had a physical copy that was handed down to me. Uh, but I don't know what happened to it. you know when you just misplace a book somewhere or something goes wrong and you can't find it ever again Yes. there's, there's a copy that's floating around my home city of Leicester in the UK that has my writing in that says um, you know of the to the, uh, the library of Adelaide Marcy it's in there and I can't find it and it really annoyed me so for such a long time so I was just going off scribbles of like a 13 year old trying to remember remember like little notes um, which is insane so VJ found this out and uh, bless him I asked him if I could borrow the his copy yeah we gave in the uh, giveaways from the event we gave away a copy yeah so he asked him if I could borrow it so I could just physically read it again um, and he he did me a real solid he actually gave me his copy and goes if I need it back I'll get it back but you clearly are going to use this more than I am so here's a gift from me to you go ahead and do it and then I think um, you did me a solid as well which was um, it was for my birthday because I, I messaged you saying, is there any way I can get the stuff? My birthday's coming up and I really want to get the stuff. You just sent it to me, which I was so, not that, but you sent me um, the swipe file, which is really, really, nice of you. I, I always thank you for that. Because- oh, you're very
1: welcome. You know, one thing I'll do for your listeners if they're interested, I mean, I have about, not a lot, I only have, I, I did a package um, from the Titans of Direct Response, which is a 12 DVD set of, all the speakers, you know, Dan Kennedy, Gary Bensavenga, uh, Joe Sugarman, Jay Abraham, all those. Uh, so it's on 12, 12 DVDs, and in that package are the swipe files from Boardroom, physical, not not digital.
0: Sorry. Also,
1: also the the, um, the Dan Kennedy swipe file is in that. The Gary Bensavenga interviews with Ken McCarthy, which is a classic, is in that plus an interview that Marty and I did with Joe Polish, plus something from Dick Benson, who was one of the fathers of Direct Mail. There's a Gary Halbert disc in there. Anyway, it's a, it's a product that I sold. I probably only have about, literally I'm not doing a scarcity thing here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, once the physical products are done, they're done. I think I have between 20 and 30 left in inventory, full sets. Um, and I was selling them with affiliates for $2,000, that whole package. If your listeners would be interested in buying all of that, um, I'd make the offer at $1,500, um, including postage, even if it's, if it's foreign. Um, and I'll include a breakthrough advertising book as well. It's not in the package, but I would add that. So, again, I wasn't planning on selling anything on this call. But it sounds like the way that you're talking and the way that you talk to your listeners about you know really educating themselves on the best of the best. Um, again, if I run out, I run out, but I don't think I'll sell 20 from this call. So I'm sure I have available if anybody wants them. So anyway, brian at briankurtz.me. If you want to send me an email and we'll make arrangements for you to get that full um, Titans of Direct Response package plus a breakthrough advertising book um, for 1500 I would do that just for your listeners. But um, again, I don't know how much longer I'll have that. I am going to create a digital version at some point. I haven't decided what to do yet, but. Yeah. Right now that's a physical package. It comes in a huge box. It's got all those swipes that you talked about. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean it's um it's something I would urge anyone to even just go ahead and look at because honestly, it's it's life changing material if when you apply it. It literally changes your life. I mean Gary Halbert said this best you can solve any problem in life by writing one good sales letter. Yeah,
1: every, any yeah, great every, every business problem can be solved with a great sales letter. We put that into the book.
0: Not um, even any business if, problem, even any life
1: problem. Anything. Maybe. Anything, you're right. Um, I, I, if you if you want to look at what's in it, it's 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 uh, T-I-T-A-N-S, DVDs.com, dvds.com. Titansdvds.com. There's a there's a site with the letter that Roy Fur wrote, and which is amazing. Still one of yeah. my favorite like, letters to read. Yeah, so if people want to go take a look, and again, no, no pressure. But it's pretty, it's pretty kick-ass package of stuff.
0: Awesome, Brian. I know that uh, we've got we've we started a little bit later than uh, we intended, but I just want to go and say thank you for actually being on this call. I mean, it's just my it's, pleasure. Just so much that this has been covered, and if in future I'd love to get you back on the show again.
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I would. um I would love that, and um, I think that uh, you know you and I will stay in touch for forever because it, you too. know you're uh, clearly you're not just a student, but you're a teacher, and that's the beauty. I think my, my blog post last week was called "Learning by Teaching," and
0: yeah, I I read that and I just loved it. By the way, yeah, and I
1: think that's where you know that's where you're at, and that's what I've been doing my whole life, and I continue to do it. I, I really feel like I'm I'm a, one of the best things about my career as a, you know, what I've done over 35 years is that what I did um, was, um, w- what, I've, what I've done it has given me like a golden ticket into rooms where I'm the dumbest person in the room. So I'm able to like get involved with some of the best online marketers in the world. They let me in the room because I've got this history. And you know, I sometimes I never feel like an imposter, but I certainly feel like the luckiest guy in the world that they don't know that I don't know shit about what they know. <laughs> and so I get in the room, and like you know, they ask me stuff, and I can share good stuff. And it's not like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a wilting lily in the room. But I'm there to learn because there is so much to learn. I mean, you, know, you talk you talk about Ryan Levesque. I mean to be able to be in a room with like Ryan Levex mastermind as an honored guest and realizing that I'm learning way more than I'm teaching is the one of the great things about life so I you you seem to be totally like that you are teaching that to the people who are listening to this so therefore I want to be
0: aligned with you for forever Ah oh, man, I would appreciate that. Like you had no idea. It's great. But Brian, um, again, thank you so much for uh going and being here. Guys, seriously, not kidding. Every package that Brian has just set out, even if you can only afford to get the um get the breakthrough advertising book, I am not kidding you. It will probably be the best investment that you make in your business. And that's coming from a guy that will tell you that there is like, oh, you know, read these certain books. I will tell you right now. Breakthrough advertising—if you're serious about advertising, it's—I don't want—I don't want to compare it to religious stuff, but it is essentially the Bible, the, the exact step-by-step blueprint that you need to follow to write good ads and make money. It's incredible. It, it will literally change your life. Um, with that. Yeah, being, I, I
1: would add one other quick thing. I mean, you don't have to buy anything, um, but just opt into my list at 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 briankurtz.me. So you'll get my blogs and and there's a yeah. lot of free content there and I would just love to be able to share with your audience going forward. So definitely, you know, don't don't buy the book, don't buy the don't buy the the DVDs, don't do anything. Just opt into my list. It's free and um, I'll be blogging, you know, on a regular basis all the time and um, would love to have your tribe in my tribe
0: for sure. And guys, that was actually surprisingly Brian took the words right out of my mouth. Definitely make sure you read his stuff. It's so engaging. It's funny. It's humorous. It's to the point. Um, but also, there's a lot of lessons in there because uh, you've just had what Brian speaks like. It's the exact same way as if you were reading his words. The <laughs> voice just continues on, and that's that's a great sign. Go check out Brian That's kurt Me. Links will be in the description and on the on the site as well. Um, Brian, thank you again for being here, man. Thank you. Oh, for thank uh, doing you. This. All right. Thank you. Guys, take care, and I will see you on the next episode.